A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Sam Matterface, and today, myself, Darren Ambrose, we were covering for Jim and Simon. We discussed Dean Smith's appointment at Leicester until the end of the season. With TalkSport's Alex Crook at Brighton's Amex Stadium, we hear from Brighton defender Joel Veltman and the CEO, Paul Barber, as well. Plus, we asked whether a two-metre exclusion zone would be a good idea to crack down on abuse towards officials. Breaking news this morning, uh, Paul Ince has been sacked as the manager of Reading yesterday. Another appointment in the Premier League. 13 managerial changes in the Premier League this year. Brendan Rodgers sacked um, maybe about 10 days ago now. And after talks between Jesse Marsh and the Leicester board broke down, Dean Smith is set to take over as the interim boss. He gave his first interview last night to Leicester City FC TV and this is what he had to say. You know, I watched the game on, on Saturday and there looked a lack of confidence, uh, some some lethargy as well, which we, we have to get out of the players. We need to, to instill confidence, instill belief, and obviously give them tactical plans and be adaptable in them tactical plans for each game we play. And as I say, we, all three of us, believe that we can do that. We believe that we can come in and give the players a lift, give them some fresh ideas, make sure they run hard, work hard, and have a good tactical plan to go and win football games. Uh, that's Dean Smith speaking yesterday about his appointment and he said that we three, all three of us believe that we can give the team some confidence. He's talking about Craig Shakespeare who returns to the King Power Stadium, uh, former Leicester manager as his assistant and John Terry who returns to work alongside him as well. Why don't you think this is a good appointment? Because <laughs> he was at Norwich. <laughs> no, I do. Look, look what, what I'm going to say on this is they needed to get rid of Brendan Rodgers, of course. I just feel when, when you're an interim manager, and this is why we, we, we discussed this on the podcast with, with Jesse Marsh turning it down, and I think you were very much critical of, of Jesse Marsh turning this down. Yeah. And, and I just think, fair play to him, he doesn't feel himself at this current moment as an interim manager. Whether he'll get another job in the Premier League remains to be seen, turning down Southampton and now Leicester. But 
Dean Smith does, and he feels confident enough. And so I'm he just backs himself, doesn't he? I, I, At the end of the day, he backs himself to get the job done. He can see there's winnable fixtures there. He can drag this team out of relegation. There's definitely danger. winnable fixtures. I mean, unfortunately, they play Manchester City at the Etihad next, so that's difficult. I think he will see that as a free hit, and I think most supporters will see that as a free hit as well. But then, if they win the next few, they play Wolves, Leeds, and Everton, and then Fulham. They've got a massive chance to stay up. Now, I think Dean Smith potentially gets the job whether they stay up or go down. Whether he wants that if they go down remains to be seen. But I think if Leicester stay up or go down, Dean Smith will get the job for sure. And I think that is probably why you and Crookie in particular were a little bit critical of Jesse Marsh because if he'd done the same thing he would have got the if job. If he backed himself he would have got the job. If he said like, I'll do it to the end of the season if I keep you up you've got to give me a three year contract then maybe they would have acceded to his demands. Yeah, may, I, may, Even a two year contract a one year contract he needs to get back in the Premier League if he believes he's a Premier League manager. Dean Smith certainly does. He's done it at Aston Villa he got them promoted he kept them up. Mm. If you remember the season was interrupted and he went away during that lockdown period when everyone obviously had to take a break from the, from the football he spent so much time him, John Terry Craig Shakespeare studying videos of Italian football defending trying to instill a winning mentality into that group and then when they came back after lockdown and their resumption they played what they called tournament football and dragged Aston Villa mm. over the line I think he did a really good job at Aston Villa getting them back into the, the Premier League and stabilising them uh, there um, Norwich is a different Kettle of fish, different circumstances. There's all sorts of things at that club which mm. aren't particularly 100% right. Lots of financial issues there too. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. You're not going to be fantastic at every job, as Pep Guardiola has just been saying uh, just moments ago. But I think he believes in himself and he's got the ability to drag this team over the line. You know, there's some good players in that team. Johnny Evans speaking after the game on Saturday saying, I can sense a nervousness about mm. the group. If they get rid of that get some confidence into them. They've got the players to be able to win some of these these games that are clearly winnable. What what I see in Dean Smith as well, and as you said, forget the Norwich situation. That, that was just a, a job that didn't go well for him. You look at the Brentford and particularly Aston Villa, he'd done a great job. I mean... Look at Jack Grealish, what he'd what he done with Jack Grealish. I mean, when, when he left and when Jack was leaving, they speak very highly of, of each other. So I see a great man manager and that, when you're down at the lower league, at the bottom of the league, that's what you need. You need someone that, like I said, galvanise the squad, give them confidence. And that's what he said there. I need to give them confidence and belief. Mm. Get them running and, and you know, the lethargy that he mentioned. That's a no-brainer with, with football players, especially down there. You have to fight for your lives, fight for people's jobs and livelihoods. So that's a given. But instilling confidence and belief is what he has been brought in. Craig Shakespeare another man that I see is, is very good as a man management and John Terry you know John Terry and I have never met him personally but I'm led to believe he's great so you need to instill confidence and belief especially when you're down there and the games they've got coming up are very much winnable yeah. and if they if they can climb out the, the team I think they'll well they on 25 points we were discussing off air I think it's it's not going to be a record low this season. No, he's going to need to get some wins on the board. Yeah. And, you know, Man City next is not going to be a game where he probably gets that. But Wolves at home is a possibility. Leeds away from home is a massive fixture. That's live on TalkSport. Everton at home as well. Uh, two big fixtures that they can get to a point where they're catching up those around them and dragging others back into the race. I don't think he gets enough credit, by the way, for the job that he did at Brentford, mm. Dean Smith. He did a really good job there and he's very well thought of yep. uh, down in uh, West London. Um, he left there to go 
and work at Aston Villa because it was his boyhood club. Yep. Thomas Frank was his assistant prior to uh, the, uh, the the departure. And I think, you know, he, he left a good legacy down at Brentford as well. Be interesting to see what Leicester fans make of it. 03717 You can text me 81089. Could this be a uh, long-term solution or are the club waiting to get to the end of the season and then approach Graham Potter again and try and coax him out of his uh, little uh, um, sabbatical? and get him into the dugout before the end of, well, before the beginning of next season. Uh, let's go down to the Amex Stadium and find out what Alex Crook has been up to this morning. Thanks, Sam. I'm down in the tunnel at the Amex. I've got Brighton defender Joel Veltman alongside me. Joel, you're just about to go and perform an open training session in front of the Brighton fans. Something a little bit different. Are you nervous? Are you excited about training in front of the supporters? Uh, well, I'm not nervous, but uh, excited, yes. Uh, we don't do it often. Uh, maybe it's the first or maybe the second uh, time this season. So we are really excited to see some fans, uh, some family, friends, um, kids who are going to love it as well, to see them around and on training and on a game. So it's a bit different, but nice. And it's tapping into the, the feel-good factor that is around the club at the moment. Obviously challenging for Europe in the Premier League. You've got a big FA Cup semi-final to come. As a player, how much are you enjoying these moments? Oh yeah, of course we do. Uh, of course we had a sort of a setback this weekend, but we know where we are, we know what we can do. Uh, yeah, exactly what you said, half-final, FA Cup, uh, European places uh, still fighting for. So yeah, lots of things to look forward to, yeah. You mentioned the setback at, at the weekend of, of the players in the dressing room calmed down yet, that sense of injustice with so many decisions that seem to go against you. Yeah, you don't have everything under control, right? But uh, what we had was our performance and we did well. We can be proud of that. So, of course, disappointed, but proud feeling as well after the game. Uh, again, you don't have the points, but something to um, to keep on going uh, for you. Not the first time, though, that you felt hard done by in terms of officials this season. It must be frustrating when you perform as well as you do and it gets taken away from you for reasons beyond your control. No, exactly. But uh, again, if we didn't play well and we don't create chances and uh, that is going to worry me, but it wasn't the case. Uh, we did create lots of chances. We were the better team over there in their home. So again, uh, if you said it like five years ago or six years ago, you I would call you a bit crazy. But now we played amazing game at Spurs ground, uh, fighting for European places, half five, half final um, of the fake up. So yeah, unbelievable feeling. Do you still believe that the top four is, is possible, even after the weekend? Yeah, it is possible, but it's going to be tougher now, more difficult. Uh, we have a tough programme as well, so we have to see game by game. Uh, now we have Chelsea, of course, uh, uh, at the weekend, which is going to be a big game as well. They are 11th, uh, we are 7th now, I think I have to say. So, uh, yeah, lots of things to play for, but uh, again, a big, big final for us to, to see where we are at the, the end of the season. Let's look ahead to this semi-final. When we spoke in the summer, you made no secret of your admiration for Eric Ten Hag. You told me he'd be a success at Manchester United. You've been proved right on that front. Does it make it extra special that you're coming up against your former manager at Wembley? Yeah, a bit. Of course, we played them uh, the first game of the season uh, where we got the three points. So it was a nice feeling. I didn't spoke to him before or after the game, so hopefully I will do now. But uh, now it's a different ground, of course, at Wembley. It's going to be a special game. And, uh, of course, for me as well, I play against some old teammates, uh, old Gaffa as well. So a special game. Uh, yeah, exciting game as well. Big game. You won the Dutch Cup 
at Ajax playing under Eric Ten Hag, what would it mean for you to be able to win the first major silverware in this club's history? Something that's never been done before. No, that's making it even more special to uh, to win it, of course. I know we've been in the final, half-final, uh, so we've been there. But again, it's going to be really tough with like uh, Sheffield, City and United in front of us. But um, yeah, again, two wins and you, uh, you get the silver prize. Brilliant. Excellent. Right. Enjoy the session. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Joel. You. Cheers, Joel. Top man. Cheers. Thanks. That was Joel Veltman joining us live in the tunnel at the Amex. Uh, cheers, uh, Crookie. Thank you very much for that. Best question, by the way, uh, to Europa League finalist, three-time <laughs> Dutch title winner, uh, and a man who's played in the World Cup semi-final, Joel Veltman. Are you nervous about open training? <laughs> when he said that, it did make me what? laugh. You know what's a good thing? I, I know we may go to a break soon, but what's a good about, uh, and I was t- telling you this, about open training sessions, I used to love them because sometimes if you're on a bad run, uh, particularly individually, not as a team, but individually, or you're just signed and there's question marks over you can perform or not, there's no pressure in training. Mm. So you go out there on half a, a precinct to, to impress the, the supporters because you get some credibility back. You know, when they go away, they say, he actually is a really good player. He's just so you're off speaking form. from per- personal Absolutely experience? Absolutely from personal experience, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Let's go down to the NMX Stadium where we're joined by uh, Alex Crook and uh, Paul Barber, Chief Executive of Brighton. Hello, Paul. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much for joining us live on the programme. Alex, we know that you're pretty nervous about asking the first question, so you better go first. <laughs> they give me a bit of stick, Paul, uh, just for context, because I did ask Joel Veltman if he was nervous about training in front of the fans, which obviously Sam Matterface and Darren Ambrose I think it was a bit of a ridiculous question. Um, I'll, I'll ask you, how are we feeling a few days after that defeat against Tottenham? Obviously, lots of controversial decisions. We know that you've been in touch with the PGMOL. Is that going to go any further? Where are we at at this moment in time? No, I think we've um, we've made our feelings clear about what happened on Saturday. We've certainly listened to, to Howard Webb's view and, you know, we've received an apology, which obviously we're grateful for. It doesn't get the points back or the opportunity to win the game back, but we are where we are. We're turning our attentions now to Saturday's game at Chelsea, which we're really looking forward to. I think it's really important that with such an important run of games to go that we put Sasti behind us and, and focus on the football. Uh, Paul, what was actually in the apology from Howard Webb? What did they discuss? What did they apologise to you for? And did they say about how they were going to put things right in the future? I don't think it's fair to, to go into the, the ins and outs because I think that's a matter between the club and, and PGML. And, and, you know, I would say that Howard was incredibly responsive and helpful in, in explaining what he felt had happened and, and why we've had to, you know, maintain our dignity and, 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 you know, show the respect that the officials deserve. They've made a mistake here and there and, and we're disappointed and frustrated and angry because it, it, it's a, it was a vital game for us, a really important game. Um, but as I said, it's very easy to dwell on these things and the whole club becomes consumed by them. Uh, we have to be consumed by the game that's coming up, which is uh, another important one away to Chelsea and then an FA Cup semi-final. And they're the things now that are ahead of us, they're the things that we can influence, they're the things that we can actually win. We can't win Saturday's game, it's done uh, and we have to move on. Paul, uh, uh, look, I know you don't want to dwell on the, the apology too much, but is it enough for the apology? It's not the first time you've had this this season and as you said, it was a vital game. The Champions League potentially could be over because of those decisions. Is an apology enough? Well, H- Howard Webb and his team 
you know, have to work with the, the group of officials that they have. Some are young, some are inexperienced, some are, uh, have been in the game a lot longer. They want to improve things, they want to make things better. They, they want to apply the laws of the game more consistently. They want better communication between VAR and the on-field officials and vice versa. Ultimately, we know that this is a, a game played by humans, officiated by humans, and human error will sometimes come into it. We, we understand that. What we need to do is to make sure that these errors become less and less in the game and are eliminated as far as they possibly can be. And that's going to take time. We have to uh, accept that. We have to be patient uh, with Howard and his team. And we have to hope for better things in the future. Um, what we can't do uh, and what I won't do is, is, is to massively criticise match officials. It's a difficult job. Mm. We want younger people to come into the game to do this job. If we make it a horrendous environment for them to do that, they're not going to come into the game and Howard Webb and his team are never going to be able to improve things because they're going to have less and less people willing to do the job and therefore less and less talent to work with. So we have to be balanced. We have to be reasonable. We can be disappointed. We can be frustrated. We can be angry. Um, and obviously we want things to improve. Um, but at the moment, as I said, we're focusing on Saturday and, and that's the most important thing for us right now. Paul, when we last had you on the programme, you, you spoke about Roberto De Zerbi and I think you said to me that you get worried every time the phone calls that it might be a, a, another chairman trying to prize your manager away. Obviously, there are a couple of high-profile vacancies that he's been attached to in, in Chelsea and Tottenham. Have any calls come in and are you still confident that De Zerbi is committed to this Brighton project? Certainly that's what he's telling us in the media. <laughs> Only from the FA this weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, we're, we're obviously delighted with the work Roberto's doing. He's an excellent coach. He's a really good human being. He does a fantastic job behind the scenes, off the pitch as, as well as on it. And as I've said many times before, the better we do, uh, the better football we play, the more interest there is in our club, the more likelihood there is going to be interest in our people. And we have to be understanding of that and, and do all we can to make it as attractive for our people to stay here as possible and obviously getting as high as we can in the league um, hopefully pushing for a European place and pushing to get into a cup final will be the sort of things we can do to, to, to keep our people here. He is a, a bit of a hothead, isn't he? He gets animated, he says what he thinks. Um, do, you, do you have lots sort of have to say to him, you're going to have to tone that down a little bit, otherwise we're going to find ourselves in trouble? Because he has already received uh, at least one red card and he got another one at the weekend, although that was for failing to control his technical area, wasn't it? Not, not for something that he did specifically. Yeah, I think, I th again, I think Saturday was, was, was more of a, a technicality that, that the rules or the regulations, the laws of the game state that, that the two head coaches are responsible for their benches and if the, the head coach um, is unable to control the bench then they get the red card I think if you look carefully at the footage Roberto was the only one trying to calm things down ironically <laughs> um, he was the one trying to push people away um, but we understand that, that that sort of scene isn't good for football it isn't good for, for, for kids seeing it we don't want that none of our staff want that either and obviously we, 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 will, we will talk about that and, and try and do everything we can to make sure it doesn't happen again but at the same time we also all want passion in the game we want to see coaches that are enjoying the moment as much as the fans and, and, and everybody else but at the same time there's that very very narrow line where you have to sort of maintain your passion uh, under, the, uh, under the right levels of control and, and, and do the right thing Paul you talk about enjoying the moment I know you have a game, huge game against Chelsea coming up on Saturday but how much are you looking forward to how much are the supporters looking forward to an FA Cup semi-final against Manchester United Oh, it's fantastic. Um, you know, 40 years since we were in the final uh, against United at, at Wembley. Um, and obviously that, that one didn't go our way. Um, we, we played well at Old Trafford earlier in the season, the start of the season, actually, and, and, and won there. 
we know that United have improved through the season and, and uh, Eric Ten Hag has done a fantastic job with, with the team there. So we know it's going to be difficult, but we're playing well as well and we can be confident going into that game that on our day, um, we can give any team in the Premier League a, a decent game. But we know how difficult it's going to be and obviously we've got a lot of respect for the, the team that we're playing against. Do you dare to dream, Paul? Do you dare to dream about bringing European football here for the first time in the club's history? Do you dare to dream about being the chief executive as they lift their first ever major trophy? Can you allow yourself to have those kind of thoughts? I have to dream, and I think every fan has to dream, and that's why you know we all argued so hard about uh, against the European Super League because that was potentially taking away dreams of fans and chief executives and owners. Um, and we don't want that. You know, we want a meritocracy to exist. We want the smaller clubs to have the opportunity to not only progress in the FA Cup, but progress in the league as well. And uh, for as long as I'm chief executive of the club, I'll, I'll continue to argue for those things because we've got a fantastic game in this country and we should all we, do all we can to preserve it. Um, talking of dreams, talk about dream start. Evan Ferguson and the way he has settled into your team over the course of the last uh, year or so. You picked him up under the nose at some bigger clubs who were scouting him from Ireland. He has he's seamlessly uh, made the transition from youngster into Premier League striker. Um, what, what sort of level do you think he can achieve? What do you compare him to in terms of his abilities? And have you been surprised by how well he's, he's done so far? Well, I think I probably should spend the next 30 seconds talking him down. Uh, <laughs> the summer transfer window isn't that far away. Uh, no, he, he's a young lad. He's 18. He's come into the side. He's, he's, he's earned that right to, to, to play in the first team. He's, he's trained very well. His attitude is excellent. Um, he's, he's served his time playing at, at the lower levels. Um, and, of course, he's come into the team and he's taken that opportunity so far. But it's early days. And, and you know, like all young players, you know, there's no doubt going to be a time when his, his form and confidence dips because that happens. Um, but for the time being, you know, he's doing really well. Roberto, I think, is managing and coaching him very, very well. The players respect what Evan does on the pitch. He's obviously got goals to, to show that he's got the talent and the, the quality to be out there. Um, but we know he's got a long career ahead of him and uh, we're trying to manage him and manage expectations as, as best we can. So um, I think for, for Evan, it's about focusing on the next game and the rest of the season and seeing just how far he can push the talent that he's got. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps to 
detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Alex Crook is down at Brighton's Amex Stadium and he's going to stick with us uh, from now until 12 o'clock as we talk a little bit about this exclusion zone. Uh, Darren Ambrose says that the idea of solving the rise in physicality and contact between match officials and players, which has uh, come into sharp focus because of the incident with Konstantin Hatsidakis at the weekend and Andrew Robertson, is not a good idea. Um, Crook, what do you make of uh, adding in place extra rules to stop players and officials coming together? I think I'm probably going to have to agree with Darren Ambrose on this one, as much as it pains me to do so because I think the only way that we solve this issue and it's not just a a Premier League issue obviously gets highlighted more when you see events like we did at Anfield at the weekend it goes right down to grassroots level but by creating a bigger divide between players and officials I think you're only adding to the problem we need to find some unity in this and I think a two metre exclusion zone does the complete opposite of that I I do agree actually with the likes of, of Simon Jordan that Andrew Robertson isn't entirely innocent in all of this. I think he's exasperated the situation with the way he reacted. It wasn't a vicious elbow attack, was it? I tend to agree with Simon. I think it was the the assistant referee almost just trying to shove him out of the way because he was in his personal space. But yeah, I'm not sure that an exclusion zone is going to help with any of that. Yeah, Martin Casty, the chief executive of the charity Ref Support UK, has suggested the exclusion zone um, because he believes that something needs to be done and that players should only go into that Uh, if they are invited. Something does need to be done, doesn't it? Because ultimately, you've got to stop players challenging officials Mm. for every decision. Because it looks ridiculous. Um, Kids are watching at home and they think that they can then go and do it. And I understand that there needs to be like a a communication between the two sets of of, uh, bodies. So the players have to be able to talk to the officials at some point. And in the heat of the moment, when you think a decision has gone against you, I understand it if you sort of rail up against it every now and again. But it's every decision in the Premier League, every throw-in, every free kick, every time someone goes down for an injury, every time someone takes an extra couple of seconds over a substitution, it's constant. And it's, it causes a problem. I think it adds to the, the sort of the, the animosity between the officials and the players. And I think inevitably this was going to happen because we've just allowed the players to just constantly scream and shout at the officials over and over again. Yes, you're absolutely right. Something needs to be done. I am inclined to agree with Crookie and with Simon Jordan as well on, on this particular occasion. I don't think it was a malicious attack by the official. I think it was a shrug off. It was initial, like Robertson held on to him, get off. Unfortunately, it's him. He'll get a, a little ban potentially and then he'll be back. So I agree with that. I think the, the two metre exclusion rule just won't work. It, it won't. There'll but be... it might not, but players have got to start taking responsibility course, here. Some, they, some, some way, somehow, I mean, it's self-policing. Someone's got to take control they, they tried. to take the temperature out of this situation. They, they tried in terms of the one-player rule, the captain, and, and that didn't work. There's gonna, If this was introduced, there'd be too many yellow cards immediately. They'd end up stopping. There'll be people measuring. It's not 
about two metres. There'll be people running past as the game's going on within two metres. Yeah, There'll be so much a little going bit too on. Literally, I mean, the fact and is, and players will. Yeah, but, players will take it too literally. But you can't literal. take it literally. The idea is is that you just have a situation where you only engage with a, a match official if you've been invited to do so. There needs to be a little bit more respect. These are the guys that, that don't get paid anywhere near what the managers, the players, yep. the chief executives get paid. They get in incredible amount of abuse without them you can't run the game of course we've already got a dearth of officials in the in the grassroots of football I thought Paul Barber the chief executive of Brighton who we just had on the programme was absolutely Spoke spot on we do not want to attack match officials we want to make the environment better and safer and more comfortable for them so that more people want to do the job yep. yes I think we all understand that some of the decision making in the Premier League this season has not been up to scratch that's the reason why Howard Webb has come back yeah. that's the reason why Howard Webb has taken over the the organisation because he believes that he has got to change certain things in order to get younger talent into the organisation well, and he's done that but he, he, it's not going to change overnight. Unfortunately, you're absolutely right with the last statement. It's not going to change overnight. We need to evolve into into this more respectful, um, more respect towards match officials. My son's in, in the Ipswich Academy under 12s and you're not allowed as parents to say anything from the sideline to the officials, to the players. If you do, you get an email immediately the next day saying you cannot coach your players your 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 children you cannot talk to the referees you need to show respect when you go to grassroots there's obviously the respect tape around that doesn't work a lot of the time but you need to evolve it starts with the the academies it starts with the young players the parents of the younger players to to say you cannot approach the referee you cannot talk like that it will evolve into it but it's going to take an awful yeah. amount of time Howard's been really open actually since taking over the PGMOL he uh, he sits down with us on a regular basis does a presentation as to to explain certain decisions so we all understand why decisions have happened and, and, and sort of some of the intricacies of the law, which you know, a lot of people sometimes don't get. Yeah. You know, there was a big change in the law last summer about the T-shirt line, the Karamatoma thing um, is explained by that law, but a lot of people don't know that because they know the, the T-shirt line. And yeah. some of these laws are so complicated now that when the changes come in, they're not sold uh, to the, to the match-going public on a regular basis. The world's most dangerous download, Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. As me, Sam Matterface and Darren Ambrose covered for Jim and Simon today. Please leave a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.